welcome back to another podcast. Uh, this is Bretsky's audio show where I talk about type 1 diabetes, I talk about bettering yourself and bettering others. Um, today is kind of the first real podcast. Um, I'm going to be talking about mostly diabetes in this one, kind of an introduction to what type 1 diabetes is, how it may differ from type 2 diabetes, so on and so forth. And overall, I'm going to tell you, you know, how I got diagnosed and maybe you have some similar symptoms and maybe you need to go get checked out or maybe you have a similar story to mine. Anyways, I've got my coffee here and I'm going to hop right into it. So what is diabetes? Well, diabetes is basically a long-term health condition. It's a long-term health condition that doesn't have a cure for it. There's no cure for diabetes, um, especially type 1 diabetes. Some type 2 diabetes, if you develop it and it's kind of moderate, um, you can reverse it a little bit. Um, or if you get diagnosed as pre-diabetic, pre-type 2 diabetic, you can uh, do things to halt the progression of your diabetes. But when you get diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, um, there is no cure for it. That's it. Uh, you're living living with it for essentially the rest of your life. Now, that doesn't mean that people who are diagnosed now might live with it for the rest of their lives because I know that there is research being done on a cure, you know, um, very uh, popular kind of idea is that stem cells, stem cell research is whole you know we hope that they'll be able to take some stem cells from wherever they get stem cells from i don't really know where they get them from probably somewhere on your body or from bone marrow i believe um and hopefully they can re replicate a pancreas from your stem cells and then replace your old pancreas that doesn't work um with a new pancreas that does work and hopefully that would be able the idea is that that I would be able to cure your diabetes now so there is no treatment like I said um or sorry there is no cure like I said for type 1 diabetes there is treatment though obviously um if you have type 1 diabetes insulin is usually the um treatment that you have to deal with uh there's different ways to ha- take insulin you know, I'll get into that later, maybe in a different podcast. But essentially, when you get diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, you are living with it. Not living with a roommate where you can go out and avoid them. Not living at work where, you know, you work there eight hours a day, get a lunch break. And, you know, outside of work, you can do whatever you want. Not living with, you know, a partner that can be frustrating or a partner that is loving not living with family members, not living with strangers, not living with any of that. You're living 24 hours a day, seven days a week, four weeks a month, 12 months a year, every year for the rest of your life with a condition that ultimately affects every single aspect of your life in some shape or form. And the reason why I say that you know, you kind of have to learn to live with it. Um, I say learn to live with it because 
like any change to anyone's lifestyle, it can be tough to adjust. Um, now, if you are wanting to change for that lifestyle, say you don't think that you have trouble waking up early in the morning, and you say to yourself, you're going to set a goal to wake up early in the morning every day this week, and then you set that goal to wake up early every every day this month, and so on and so forth, then you are accomplishing this goal. It can be a little bit easier to transition that lifestyle because it's something that you're putting on yourself, something that you're willing to change for, you're wanting to change for. The problem is with diabetes is no one wants it, and it doesn't care if you're not ready for the change. It changes you. It changes your lifestyle. It changes everything going on in your life. That's why I say you have to learn to live with it. Because whether you want to or not, you have to change. You need to learn to change with it. Um, so I talk about diabetes. Diabetes is kind of, you know, essentially what it is, is you, everyone has a pancreas. And it produces what's called insulin. Insulin basically regulate helps regulate your blood sugar. The insulin comes from cells within the pancreas that produce it. Diabetes or diabetics, those cells essentially have stopped working for some reason. It is kind of unknown why they stop working. Um, people, some people think it is genetic. Um, some people... Others don't know why some people get it. What people do know, and when I say people, I mean doctors, obviously, and scientists. What they do know is what actually happens in the body. So they don't know what causes um, the, these cells to stop working. But what they do know is that it is some sort of autoimmune disease. Autoimmune meaning that essentially your body is attacking itself. It's attacking your immune system and it's shutting down those cells specifically in the pancreas. Um, it's something that not a lot of people actually know. Um, people think, you know, diabetics, oh, they must have eaten too much sugar. They must have not exercised enough. They must be overweight. They must be lazy. And although those characteristics can sometimes be... Uh, sometimes be like followed with type 2 diabetics type 1 diabetics are totally different type 1 diabetics it's an autoimmune disease where you have no control over whether your body breaks down those cells or not whether your immune system handles the virus or whatever it is that attacks your, your body and if i could explain kind of what why um, these cells are so important and why the insulin is so important to your body is basically your the insulin allows your body to break down carbohydrates specifically sugars because sugar sugar is our type of carbohydrate um, it allows your body to break them down without insulin you would be eating carbs and eating sugars and not able to break them down meaning that your blood sugar the sugar in your blood would go higher than usual. That's what happens in diabetics when they don't have sufficient insulin. And what that causes is essentially, in basic terms, I don't want to get too medical on you or anything like that, but in basic terms, your blood becomes thicker. 
an easy way to think about it is your blood with added sugar, you know, the sugar cells attached to the blood, slowing it down and making it thicker. And vice versa, if you have a low blood sugar where you have too much insulin, it breaks down the sugars and breaks down the carbs more than it's needed. So what happens is your blood becomes thinner where there's not as much sugar uh, in your blood, not enough at that point. This is unavoidable. The, the Like I said, type 1 diabetes, and this is one of the biggest things I... I try to tell people and try to preach as much as I can. There is a stigma that diabetics typically have made poor uh, healthy decisions, poor exercise decisions where they're lazy or they don't exercise enough, poor uh, food decisions where they're eating too much sugar or eating junk food, and just poor overall lifestyle habits. Type 1 diabetes is unavoidable. It is unavoidable. Okay? You cannot prevent it. No matter what you try to do, you cannot prevent it. Which is why it is so unlucky and so unfortunate for some of us who get it. Because because it's unavoidable, it's almost like you were born and type 1 diabetes just picked you. Now... There are certain studies saying that, you know, genetics plays a role in it. So if you have parents or you have grandparents or you have uncles or cousins or whatever who have type 1 diabetes or diabetes in general, you might be more prone to likelihood of getting it. But that doesn't mean that if no one in your family has diabetes that you can't get diabetes. Me, for instance, I don't have anyone in my family who has diabetes and I still got it. I was um, on trial um, in Scotland for a soccer team for three months and I thought I did quite well. Um, Near the end, you know, it kind of got tiring and it kind of became a little bit hard to uh, keep up Um, and when I came back to Canada, I, you know, was feeling pretty good about the trial, was glad to be back home, you know, um, was glad to rest and get back to school and get back to the things that were happening. I was 14 at the time and I went over on trial because my dream was to become, you know, a professional soccer player and all that. But what had happened was when I got back, I noticed getting back into my routine, you know, the jet lag and things like that. Uh, A couple nights went by and I wasn't getting any sleep. And that was something that, you know, I just kind of put down to the jet lag. Uh, A few nights after the first couple, I started becoming really thirsty and dry mouth and having to go to the toilet. And and, um, what would happen is... I wouldn't, the thirst for water and my dry mouth was so great that I could not get to sleep. So what I would do is naturally I would say, okay, if I can't get to sleep, I need to go drink water. So I would go downstairs, pour myself a big glass of water and just chug it, just chug the whole thing. I would come back upstairs. I would uh, go and lie down in my bed and 
I would still not be able to get to sleep because now all of a sudden I needed to go to the bathroom. So I naturally, I got up and went to the bathroom and then came back to bed. And when I came back to bed, I laid down and tried to get to sleep. And guess what? I was thirsty again. And not just like, not just, oh, it's a hot summer day thirst. Like my mouth is so dry. I feel like I'm going to pass out from dehydration kind of thirst. My body was cramping up. And it got to a point where the only way to stop this cramping, to stop this thirst, was to continuously drink water. One night went by, I drank 20 glasses of water and went to the bathroom 20 times sequentially right after I drank the water. I could not sleep and I knew that something was wrong. So I talked to my parents. They said, oh, maybe you should just go get it checked out. Go to the walk-in clinic. I went to the walk-in clinic. Um, I talked to the doctor. The doctor ordered me to take a urine sample, a urine test, uh, which I did. And right then and there, he dipped a one of those dipsticks in the urine sample, turned to me and said, you need to get to the hospital right away with a very serious look on his face. And at that point, I, I did ask, like, what's wrong? Like, why do I need to go there? And he just said, no questions. You need to go right now. You need to go to Emerge, and you need to say to them that you were here at the walk-in clinic. You took a urine test and that you have ketones. I didn't know what ketones were. I didn't know what was happening all i know was how i felt and now this doctor had told me that i need to get to emergency quick little like i don't even need to describe the idea that you know how scared i was and how concerned i was for what was happening anyways walked up to emerge didn't really feel like i knew what was going on and kind of just told them Hey, like, I was just told to come up here. I don't know why I feel this way. I was told to come up here. Apparently, I have ketones. As soon as I said I have ketones, they did another urine sample to check how many ketones I had. Now now I know that that's what he was testing. He was testing how many ketones I had. They tested, and as soon as they tested, they brought me past all the people in line, brought me right into a merge, and got me on some sort of uh, uh, drip, which I didn't know what it was at the time. You know, they're all clear. Well, not all of them are clear, but a lot of them seem to be clear. You, you don't really know what they are, whether they be, you know, you kind of just think they're water sometimes. But it turned out that it was insulin. And I didn't know what it was. I didn't, I've never heard of insulin before. I never... Uh, heard of diabetes before in young kids in older people I heard about it and anyways a couple hours went by I went through a couple tests and the doctor came back to me and said you have type 1 diabetes and I am really really surprised you were able to walk in here with how many ketones you had in your blood again I knew nothing about any of this and I did not know what was going on all I know is I got diagnosed with type 1 diabetes and my whole world from that day got turned upside down and I didn't realize it in that moment 
but afterwards I was so it it's it's hard to describe the but it, it was purely mental and it's funny because diabetes is a, a physical thing a physical long-term health condition and in that time when I got diagnosed everything that I was feeling was coming from my men- mentality my my thoughts I was being told that I was diagnosed with diabetes I didn't know what that was I didn't know what it meant I was scared I was concerned insulin what is insulin all this math that I have to do I didn't know it wasn't that I didn't know how to do math it's just that I didn't know what this meant to my body I needed to calculate how many uh, units of insulin I needed for how many carbs and if it had fiber in it then that would differ if it had protein in it that would differ how many calories I was bringing in versus how much units of insulin I was I was going through these things concerned me so much that for the first week of having diabetes my I, I, I don't even remember thinking much. I, I remember being in a fuzz in kind of a ghost land type of lost feeling, not knowing anything. And I'm thankful that at that point in time, I was still living at home with my parents and my parents were able to help me out um, um, and, you know, help learn what I needed to learn with me but being diagnosed with type 1 diabetes again is unavoidable you cannot do anything to prevent it and that is the main takeaway if you're going to take away anything from this I would like you to take away the fact that it is unavoidable and you cannot prevent it because that means a couple of things that means that this stigma, this stereotype of diabetes being fat, lazy, unhealthy people, especially type 1, is false and needs to go. It's something that only through education and awareness we can eliminate. Not only that, but in that time where I got diagnosed, one of the feelings and thoughts that I had was I thought, why me? I'm not good enough. I'm now different than everyone else. And by thinking now and realizing now that it was unavoidable and unpreventable, it kind of gives me a sense of, you know what? I'm not that different. I may have to do a few things here and there that are different. But this was kind of on my path of whatever my destiny is, this was on my path. This was an obstacle that I had to overcome, that I have to overcome in the future. And much like other people have to overcome other things. But I never knew anyone around my age with type 1 diabetes at that time, which was why it was so overwhelming. Now, I know plenty of people, type 1 diabetics, older, younger, my age, everything like that. And by hearing other people's stories and hearing about other people having type 1 diabetes, it kind of lets you think and lets you, um, lets you think that, you know what, 
it is a shame and it is a big thing that you know you were diagnosed with this or I was diagnosed with this but it is not going to define us it's not going to let us live our lives differently and basically I just wanted to say that it's unavoidable and it's unpreventable and with that being said I want to end the podcast here but just remember that you couldn't have done anything different than what you did you couldn't have done anything better because having diabetes in my opinion my experience has taught me things that I know my friends and people my age don't have taught me skills and taught me uh, characteristics and traits that my friends don't have so I want you to realize that what you have is not a curse it's not um, uh, some sort of negative thing that you have you can it's the way you look at it you can use it as a positive you can look at it as a positive you can realize that it, you couldn't have done anything more than what you did it was unavoidable and unpreventable. Anyways, that is the end of the episode, uh, end of the podcast. If you liked it, you can leave a review or leave a comment down below. Um, I always look forward to hearing from you. Um, my name is Bretsky on social media. Tweet at me um, on TikTok. Leave a comment, anything like that. And... I'd like to just say that, you know, hopefully that um, you enjoyed listening and yeah, peace. Thank you very much.